Stewart, Jason Stewart, How Long Gone. We're back to business. What's going on? Uh, I think I'm finally uh, finally back to normal mentally, or at least partially back to normal, where my hangover from New Year's Eve is pretty much out of my system at this point. So how many days was that? It was four days. Four-day hangover is something I don't even know if I've heard of that. I know a two-day is, is pretty common. Yeah, the, well, the problem, the, the reason why it was four is it was already compounded from days before. And then the following day afterwards, had to go to a wedding. And so it was like partially hangover from the alcohol, but then also partially hangover from like had already like had three hangovers charged up in the barrel. And then we are and then like you add the family time and the driving and, you know, I I think I wore a suit three days this yeah that week. it's it's i think the most interesting turn of 2021 slash 2022 is you turning into a suit guy we never thought it was going to happen thanks to the good people at the real real i was able to unlock 2022 while getting rid of my 2021 fashion sense no that's it's perfect and i think that you know it's something that i thought about for you before because the because of your size, mm-hmm. it kind of makes sense. It does. You, you know, it, it kind of makes sense because it's just easy. It, you know it's going to fit. You know, you get a couple and you're good to go. Yeah, yeah. And and the good part about it is, you know, if I buy a T-shirt on eBay or whatever and it's like sick and everything and I try it on, it doesn't fit right, that's pretty much the end of the road for me. But, you know, <laughs> a suit, you take it to a tailor. There's so much more that can be done in post-production to you know revive a look you know so i can buy a suit that does not fit well at all you know and pay pay a guy or a gal 50 bucks and then boom we're in business you're in business yeah and you're in business it's great i think this is a new pivot for you even though you you are the king of cali casual i keep the fashion world on its toes one day after one day after the other and you uh fashion influencers watch out i'm nipping at your heels Take notice. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm glad to hear that you're recovered and you're drinking water and you're making your little smoothies. No smoothies, just water. Oh, no smoothies. Are you are you in one of your you haven't eaten today yet vibes? I definitely have not eaten today, but it's only one. That's a good. So, point. That's a good point. That's yeah, good point. I think I think the window of my feeding window for 2022 is going to be from four to eight p.m. I think that's going to be that's going to be where I where I start. And then we'll see what happens. So uh, 20 hours off, four hours on. Can I pull it off? Only God knows. That's that's gonna, that's cramming a lot of eating into a very small window. It is. But I, I mean, you know, I if I if I can get back to only eating dinner, you know, if I if I'm like just beat down like a like a street hound and I need something just to get through the day, you know, I'll get a smoothie. But I'll try to push through if I don't have to. I appreciate your bravery once again. But you know, I can get a lot of food in this in this big mouth in those four hours. No, that's true. I'm I'm ramping up for Friday. Uh, we've got um, a new weekend album as well as a new Gunna album. I don't know if you saw the artwork. I did not. I saw an, or I saw a tweet where somebody said Gunna is really you know on his shit right now or something like that maybe maybe little baby had said that mm-hmm. just letting us know unfortunately i don't know how the music sounds but the artwork is a one of those like concrete daniel arsham uh-huh. statues is what gun is is of his face of his bust of his bust with a obviously with the big chain as well okay so so it's kind of like crumbling like a like a in an ancient roman ruin exactly exactly oh, and yeah do you think Arsham did it? Oh yeah, definitely. It's a it's a collaborative effort, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Woo! no one wants to be down with rappers more than Arsham. I mean, it's it's you know, if you're making concrete Porsches, you're begging for it. Uh, <laughs> but this guy, but the weekend, you know, king of costumes, one of your favorites, I know. Mm. He did like a um, a, an old makeup vibe. I can't just be the number one singer in the world. I also have to wear a bunch of bloody bandages and look like I got beat up. And now he wants to go old makeup as in like, like old style Hollywood glam or as in like, <sighs> no, unfortunately I'm, a, I'm in the new jackass movie playing grandpa, Johnny Knoxville. No, he's, he's grandpa Knoxville in this one. So I, I don't know why he's so drawn to these. I mean, I know he's an artiste and this is, you know, mm-hmm. a character, I guess, but it's very confusing. You know what I mean? Like, why can't you just, like you said, like, 
you're the guy, man. Just let it rock. He's not the hottest guy I've ever seen in my life, but he's 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 not ugly. He's a, he's a fine enough looking guy. Totally, totally. He's able to get his little micro dick wet. He looks better than Ed Sheeran. You know what I mean? Ed Sheeran ain't wearing no makeup. Ed Sheeran's wearing zero makeup, bro. But the, but the problem with the weekend doing that, it's like, sure, I'll do it. I'll wear the bandages for the album cover. It'll be edgy. It'll be fun. It'll be weird. But he commits. He wears that same makeup. Award show, red carpets, VMAs, mm-hmm. Grammys, on tour. Every night, he has to go into hair and makeup for five hours. And I'm like, bro, why? Do you think this old man makeup from the cover of the new album will continue into the live performance arena? If his previous work you know, says anything, if he follows his in his footsteps, then yeah, why wouldn't he? No, you're right. But you're also, right. how are you crooning for all these front row hotties who are throwing their bras at you on stage intentionally trying to look ugly. I mean, I know Kanye is kind of doing that wave with his, you know, he's trying to cover up his alopecia or his nose job or whatever it is, but like, what's the weekend's (laughs) excuse? Is he also going under the knife? I mean, probably. How could he not? But I think that's the thing is that like being beat up is hot. Being old is not. So it's a little bit, it's not going to work the same way. And I'm, I'm sure He's thought about this, of course. No, that is a, that is a good point because you're like, yeah, Brad Pitt looked hot on on the Fight Club artwork where he's all you know battered and bruised, but nobody's like, ooh, yeah, I want I want my R and B singer who's talking about coke and dick sucking to look like <laughs> the male Betty White. That's gonna get my that's gonna, red bottoms yeah, we're, we're, on the bottom of the, <laughs> under under the bed. We're gonna sell some shit now, baby. This is not this is not a game. We got some albums to sell. We got some tickets to move. You already know the vibes. I'm I'm just hoping that he works with a union makeup artist. Oh, I I would. I, unfortunately, Jason, I don't think he has much of a choice. Without those guys, we'd be nothing. We'd be nothing. I couldn't change a light bulb myself. So thanks, thanks, thank God they're here with. <laughs> thank God they're here with us. Uh, I, I I don't know how or why we end up ended up being union busters like we i truly have no skin in the game i truly like support uh you know, uh, well, you know i don't I, I mean well that's the I, I i support the good parts about it but the bad parts about it outweigh it it's kind of like being a democrat you know what i mean it's like on paper i agree with this stuff like sure these people if they're being treated unfairly if they have unfit working conditions if they're doing some bullshit it's good that there's rules and regulations being set in place so those people have a fair existence, but it's the other parts about it. For some reason, just the fact that you're complaining about it at all, yeah, you know, in the to the eyes uh, of of an old head, where it's just like, oh well, why are you guys complaining back when I was doing this back in the '90s or back in the you know whatever it was like. You just had to get molested. That's just what it was part of the game. I don't get exactly. it. You guys, these guys are soft. Exactly. I mean, I, I think that I don't know why we became union busters as well, but it's pretty funny and I'm happy to continue that. Um, and you know, if, if, if a picket line needs to be crossed, you know who to send in until I see a reason to stop busting. <laughs> I just won't. <laughs> I can't stop. I can't stop. Weekend voice. Uh, <laughs> all right. We do have a guest today, Jason. Damn, already. Damn, what are you? Do you have, are you, you got some guys racing crotch rockets outside in Glendale? Unfortunately, the neighbor is, is getting their tree trim on. And, you know, this one is unfortunately inescapable. Hopefully, I'll be able to cut are they it out doing post, that? Are they, are they doing that themselves, working class TJ style? Or do they have a staff over there kind of helping them out? I, I doubt it. I think they had to call in. A union landscaper to do this because the the woman who lives there is definitely like old and i doubt you know she's spry for a woman her age sure yeah but but i don't i don't think she's on the on the 12 foot ladder uh with a chainsaw hanging from her husky belt buckle taking down a tree is a difficult thing to do something that i i don't wish on my worst enemies even i wouldn't do it and I'm not afraid to get my hands dirty and get after it. I mean, I think that's a true actual skill. You know what I mean? I think that's like you have to be taught that. You can't just – it's not like hanging a picture. Oh, no. no, no. You have to look at the wind, exactly. the way that's flowing. Exactly. You got to chop here so it falls here. Oh, I didn't even think about that. If it that. lands on the car, who – yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we got to make sure it doesn't hit a power line. There's a lot of moving parts oh, for somebody who is, uh, you know, completely uninsured. and uh no formal certification whatsoever but those guys kill it look the formal certification has never stopped you from from doing anything in life jason and that's why you're such a great dj (laughs) 
I didn't go to the Harvard School of Turntablism like some of these richies. Remember when those turntable schools, those those were a thing for a while. Bro, there's one by my house. You're talking about the Beat Junkie Academy? It's right by the train tracks by my house. They didn't get great real estate, sure. <laughs> it doesn't matter. When you when you have the passion for scratching, you'll go anywhere to learn. And that's that's why the location doesn't matter. Like some people go to Berkeley School of Music, but most don't. Some people, the real shredders, shout out to John Mayer. We do have a guest today. Ugh. Dave Holmes, uh, you might remember if you're our age from uh, hosting many MTV shows in, in its prime, 120 minutes, video cliches, and of course, a real world uh, reunion special, my favorite shit. Um <laughs> Now he's the editor-at-large of Esquire. His current podcast is called Waiting for Impact, and it is a podcast about a 90s R&B group called Sudden Impact that was a member of the East Coast family, mm. uh, you know, with Boys to Men and all them, and it's... You know, it's it's a fun passion project, but I was listening to a few episodes. It's definitely like niche, you know, like every narrative podcast. It's like, here's a thing that I'm going to do a podcast about, but it's really about your own personal life and experiences. And of course, it's about so much more the 90s music industry shifting. Uh, you know? So there's a lot of meat for for Chris to chew on with this subject matter. Yeah. And he also wrote a book, Party of One, a memoir on 21 songs. All right. Well, uh, let, let's let's give Dave. Oh, there he is. Dave Holmes, a Zoom and uh uh, and we're going to get into all this stuff. Dave, uh, thanks for joining us. Are you coming to us live uh, and uncut from Los Angeles? Live and direct from uh, from Studio City, California. Oh, oh you're, you're, a studio, you're a Studio City guy, a real Hollywood insider. I am a real Hollywood insider. We got It's all happening in Studio City. That's what people from Studio City say. Yes. <laughs> it's um, We had Ben Shapiro just around the corner <laughs> until he moved to, uh, to Nashville. <laughs> it's really all going down in my neighborhood. And, uh, and also Whitney from The Hills famously lives in studio city you already knew that but i actually didn't know that oh what shit okay holmes for follow-up question involving whitney from the hills living in studio city yes how often can you be seen at the world famous burbank whole foods a lot okay good (laughs) not a small amount Mm -hmm. um as a matter of fact that was because the the burbank whole foods opened a bar and my group of friends was like it, there's a bar in a grocery store. Let's go to it. So you're like, we need a place to play our Dungeons and Dragons. Where is it going to be? Whole Foods was there. Yeah. Whole Foods was there. You could get food from the hot bar, bring it right in. Uh-huh. But that <laughs> that gets dark quickly because what's... Yeah, oh, you, you don't say, Dave. That's crazy. Yeah, because what's the next step after drinking in a grocery store? What do you think the next step is after getting drunk in a supermarket well i didn't say we were getting drunk in a supermarket oh okay um i mean we were but i did not say that (laughs) um yeah that's the thing then it is is it in a car is it in a a parking lot is it in a a parking garage it's just it gets it gets dark is it in a van down by the river it's very to me it's it's very close to parking lot it is that's as close to a parking lot as you can get it is it's it's not it's not great they they also one one of the last times that i went they had a trivia night they they Ooh. like they were doing trivia night at stage 71 it's what it's called in <laughs> uh, in the burbank whole foods i i knew that of course but maybe some of our listeners didn't know thank you for the clarification one of the questions was name a fitness trend of the last year <laughs> like it was here are the top 10 fitness trends of the last year and some of the answers were like Cardio <laughs> and like <laughs> running, weight training. Do you not know what trivia is? Because that's <laughs> what is the crowd like at a trivia night at stage seventy one? Is it is it a mixed? Is it a mixed bag? Is it's, it, it's mostly industry, of course. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My agent actually was there with his wife. It was pretty cool to see them kind of out on the town. Yeah, it's fun to connect in the real world. If you could find a seat at the bar, yeah, good luck. It it's a lot of people who just found out that there's a bar in a grocery store. Pretty much any time you would go, there were never really regulars. Did see, not to drop names, but did see Cato Kalin and Tom Green there together. It's, uh, it's, it's also a lot of like families. It's good for a family. Get get your kid a slice of pizza, mm-hmm. you know. Bring bring him in, sit down. There's uh, there's sports playing. We tried to I think watch the Grammys there. <laughs> That God was, damn it. 
That didn't work out. <laughs> Jason's yeah. actually a big, aren't you? Oh no, I'm sorry. You're a big Erwan pizza guy, not Whole Foods pizza. I'll do I'll do Whole Foods pizza as well. I'm I'm more of a chicken tender guy at Whole Foods Hot Bar if I had to do it. Gotcha. But I like. I mean, I've I've definitely walked the last couple times I've been there. There's been like people watching a football game, and it's like a mm-hmm. it's not a full on sports bar vibe, but there's. There's multiple guys wearing the jersey of the team playing. Yeah, this was like a this was like a concerted effort. Like we're gonna all meet here for kickoff, and we're all gonna wear our Ohio State jerseys, <laughs> and we're gonna watch the game at the Whole Foods. But you were watching the Grammys, so that's how I know that you are cut from a different cloth, Dave. It, it, it was partially. It's weird that we're in a grocery store doing this, and the uh, and it was also like it's weird because it's the Grammys, and why. Why are we watching? Are you well? No. Don't do no, that. We don't we love that. award shows, uh, and they keep getting worse. Mm. I love award shows. I watch all. I'll watch the country music awards. I'll watch the <laughs> People's Choice. If yeah, if you're down bad, Chris will watch what American Music Awards. Yeah, I'll watch any award show. I think it's um. I think it's important to keep up, even though uh, it's actually not. Yeah, I don't like to watch them in groups because I'm so focused. Uh, uh, of course, <laughs> of course. Yeah, you got to you got to sit by the screen and just you know count down the seconds until her shows up. <laughs> Damn, Dave! Now, Damn, now, Dave, have you been listening to this podcast? Yeah, you've been listening to this podcast because we've been saying that her is an industry plant psyop for since the since the inception. I have been listening, but I haven't heard that. That must be further back than I've gotten. I have a lot of theories about her, and there's, I mean, she's di- it's different because she's like obviously like Grammy winning. It's a whole different ballgame, mm-hmm. but also with um. With salt, yes, S A U L T, which people are like, bro, you got to listen to it. You'll really like it. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm not listening to an anonymous musician. That's insane. <laughs> yeah, give me a face. Her, her is obviously like super talented, but it's I. But I, yeah, it, you only encounter her at awards shows. A lot of people are super. A lot of people are super talented. Doesn't mean I need to hear their music. You know, Toby Keith, he can fucking shred. But I'm not listening. Sure. To, <laughs> I'm not listening to Toby on the Sonos at home. But I, I, I do think that. <laughs> I've always loved award shows. I don't really know why. I don't know what it is about them, but I've I've really it's it's something that I hold close to my heart. They're just they're exciting. They're especially interesting now because there is less and less of a reason for them. Mm-hmm. So it's it is interesting to see like what they put up to make themselves worthwhile. Oh uh, yeah yeah yeah. It really used to be like the kind of you know the Oscars were like a big deal. Mm-hmm. You know it was like it's your your favorite actors in like good clothes. Acting like regular people, and you would watch that because that was the only time you ever got to see that. And that's, now that's true. literally every second of every day, right? And now somebody goes and wins a Grammy, and they're like, "Uh, thanks, I guess. Don't really care. Why am I here? Am I, you know, they told me I gotta come here. I'm sure it's still a coup. Yeah. How could you, I mean? Look, if I if we when we win our Grammy for best spoken word album, I'm gonna be <laughs> very. I'm gonna be excited about it. I'm gonna thank my parents and stuff from the stage and God, of course. Uh, but I don't. I don't think that the. I think that there. It's a, we're in a new era where artists like publicly shit on it, whereas that wasn't necessarily the case, you know, five ten years ago. Except for the year when, um, when like, uh, Jethro Tull won best heavy metal record. I remember that, and it was like, wait a minute, hold on. This is. Have you been? How many times have you been to the Grammys? I snuck in once. What do you mean snuck in? Like jump the fence or like faked a credential? I, I was, I was doing like red carpet and I wasn't supposed to go in, but there was a door and it was open, and so I just went. And it, it was God, what it was probably twelve to fifteen years ago, and I feel like maybe Justin Bieber performed. Damn, you you feel old? Yeah, yes. I feel really old. That doesn't even make sense, but you're absolutely right. Yeah. he was famous very young. He was famous very young, and he had like his Grammy moment very young. There, there was there was a time when I like I did a quick interview with him after a performance. I referred to what he had been doing as hip hop dance, and he was like, uh, "That's street dance that we were doing." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, okay, well." <laughs> I love a fourteen year old correcting you to street dance. Yeah, that sounds yeah. that sounds very very cool. I really like that. Yeah, David, it's called street style dancing, and it's <laughs> it's it's my one true love in life. But yeah, I, I snuck in. It was at the Staples Center and Crypto Arena, Crypto Crypto dot com, Crypto dot com. Excuse. Excuse me. It's Pardon fine. Me. It's fine. I think it, it might have been the year that um, Justin Bieber was up for Best New Artist and lost it, lost it to Esperanza Spalding. Oh, another industry plan. Uh, exactly. Exactly. Who the fuck is that? Exactly. She's the she's the old her. That's 
it, that's a hundred. Esperanza yes. Spalding. She she has like six Grammys, and no one's ever heard her music. And she will she will uh, guest on like Elvis Costello records for the end until the end of time. I love I love her kind of Latinx Jewish hybrid name though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't have to comment on that. <laughs> But it was it was one of those. It, um, all shows like that. Once you are inside them, you realize immediately how much they are uh, for the home audience and not for the people in mm-hmm. in the space. It's underwhelming. It is. It is. And it feels weird to be like, I got to get out of the, these Grammys. But that's how you feel. I don't mean to. Bo- <laughs> I don't mean to boast, Dave. But I have been to the MTV Video Music Awards twice. Oh, um, okay. What years? Let's get into it. Well, I don't really remember the first. The first time was when I was managing a band, and they were they like walked the red carpet and shit. I think that was probably like 2007, maybe. Okay. And then I went just a few years ago to New Jersey. Oh wow! Yeah, it sucked. Who were the names a couple of years ago? I mean, like Doja Cat and and okay. Miley Cyrus, of course. Uh, of course. But, but it was it's a little. It really is like everything is for television, and it's just seat fillers everywhere. Exactly. And it's really un, it's really underwhelming in a way that you kind of like you kind of expect. But if you don't walk the red carpet, that's where all the fun is, as you know. Yeah, and, uh, and out by the bar. You know, you leave at a commercial break, you go to the bar, all the people that you want to see are in line at the bar. Mm-hmm. You get your drink, you go to go back in, the doors close because they're live and there's a seat filler in your seat. And it's just like, well, I guess I'll just be out here. Yeah, that's <laughs> why all those pictures of people partying the bathroom surface, you know what I mean? It's because there's sure. no way back in. It's like a tennis match. They don't let you back in while the while the, the game is happening. So Dave, how often or how much are you keeping up with current popular music? I mean, I think, I think, well... But then, I, I uh, that is revealed to be false almost every single time. Like I, I can't keep up the way that I used to think that I was able to, just because there are there. It's coming at you from too many directions, and and, and I actually don't even think young people can like get their arms around it the way that I did when I was growing up. Yeah, so, that's a good point. Yeah, I also don't know that they care. Yeah, there's definitely that. Is, is it kind of disheartening because that was sort of your thing for a long time was like having, you know, somewhat of an encyclopedic knowledge of the game? And is there a point where you're like, damn, I, I don't have my, my shot anymore or whatever? No, I mean, that was, I mean, you know, knowing a lot got me the job on MTV when, you know, when I got it and that's great and I'm I'm thrilled. And and I think I got the reputation for like being encyclopedic or whatever. Um not in general, but in relation to the other people I was up for that job with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, so like I, I knew a lot when it was my moment to know a lot. But that you know, then you hit forty and it's like you know, you got your things that you like and every now and then something like slips in that really like speaks to you the way that music used to speak to you. But mm-hmm. if like a twenty year old right now makes something that i really relate to it may not be very good (laughs) you know what i mean like it may not Mm -hmm, like speak mm -hmm. to the culture if if it's grabbing me then it might have a quality that makes it not speak to the like young people who consume pop music i see what you're saying you know do you know what i mean yeah i know exactly i mean i think keeping up is exhausting there's too much there's just too much coming everywhere and i think that that's obviously we constantly are arguing for the you know the return or maybe not return but the continuance of power for gatekeepers you know what i mean and i think that when when people could start posting music whenever they felt like it that's when the 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 floodgates were open to a point where it's probably not good right Every now and then there's something that, that like really grabs me. But the the thing that I miss it is not like knowing um, as much as I used to, but like feeling it the way that I used to. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't yeah. – like there is there is a limit to what music can do and it cannot give you like the, the volatile cocktail of hormones that make you like fall in love with a song when you're, you know, 19 years old and listen to it 300 times in a row – and put it on a mixtape for someone who you're trying to get to like fall in love with you and all that stuff. Like it's just that like that spills out of the body after a certain point. And then once you hit a certain age, then you, I guess you stop trying to chase that dragon and you ad- admit defeat a little bit. Yeah, or you move on to something else. I don't know what that next thing is, but I have a feeling you have not picked up golf, Dave. I have not. Good for you. I have not picked up golf. Have you picked up golf? Hell no. No. 
But I don't know what the next thing is because I do think you're right. I think that, but but obviously, learning something new or, or finding new interests as you get older, I right. think, is a little bit harder. I'm, I, what I'm doing is I'm getting into these cartoon drawings of monkeys. Oh, and those cool. are that's kind of where I'm at right cool. now with what the future is going to be. A money making opportunity as well. Yeah, that's the coolest part. It can you can, you can get rich off of it when people start talking about it. My, it's like they're telling me about a dream they had. And I just like my brain just like folds up, right? And like like an old cartoon, like a hand flips the sign to closed, and it just won't, <laughs> it won't let anybody in. No more listening today. For me, the whole thing—it's so aesthetically disgusting that I don't know why it can't. Like, why does it have to look like that? Is that because the nerds are in charge, and that's what they want it to look like? A lack of gatekeepers, gallerists, we'll call them. Yeah. Okay. Only because, like, when I go onto Twitter, I don't know what's real and what's not, and what's like high level sarcasm and what's what's earnest. Mm-hmm. Are are people actually selling rights to drawings of uh, monkey faces? Yes. Yes. Okay. For hundreds of thousands of dollars. Okay. And it's usually uh, white nerdy guys. You don't say buying and trading cartoons of monkeys who have like gold grills and chains on Mm -hmm. so there's like a little bit of like odd like racial ownership undertones going on Mm, there don't like it though you know that that's the more the most sinister part of it i would say Mm -hmm. but the second offense well i think i think the most sinister part is people spending money on a cartoon that they can't do anything (laughs) with but sure i mean yeah there's some other issues with the whole structure that is the other thing so what then do you what do you do with it I think you sit on it until you sell it for more money to another person like you, right, Jason? Jason has a better understanding of this. Yeah, you you buy you like a, a let's say a, a new yeah a new ape cartoon with um you know some Kanye West shutter shades on <laughs> and a supreme hoodie. You buy it for seven hundred ninety thousand dollars <sighs> Ethereum. And then you get to make that image your profile picture on Twitter and mm. LinkedIn and Instagram. And, and then everyone who is also in this same world looks at you and is like, damn. You know, it's like that person has a Picasso in his foyer. But everyone sees your foyer, not just your cool friends that come over. There's a lack of subtlety. My head is in my hand, so it's a good thing that our cameras are not on. And we can just do this as an audio. <laughs> but then but then also at some point you you know, in theory, the idea is that that will raise in value and then you can sell it or trade it or whatever and make a profit on it just like okay. you know, regular art. Okay. Jason, that was actually a very great explanation of it, and it makes it somehow seem worse than it even is, which I which is impressive because it was so plainly explained, but it did it did uh, incite the rage that I was looking for. But it, I guess it, it can also sort of act as your living CV or resume. You know, whatever is in your collection is all public information. So they can just go to your website where, you know, there's one called OpenSea, which is like a gallery of all of the NFTs that you own. And you can be like, oh, this person has this one and this one and this one. I really like their taste. Maybe I'll have them advise my purchases or get them on the board of trustees at my digital <laughs> gallery or whatever, or just simply like, I'm going to suck that guy's dick because he's got oh, board ape 978. Oh my God. So it could lead to some fellatio. Oh. When you put it like that. Yeah. It's like being the guy at the club with the coolest outfit and a bag of Coke. You know what I mean? But it, now it's just, unfortunately mm-hmm. it's all online and um, it's not cool. Yeah. So I don't know. But this is the future. This I almost the future, feel like I, like I don't want to talk about this too loudly, especially in Studio City, because somebody is going, somebody's going to get the idea <laughs> for the And Just Like That of Entourage that will have an NFT subplot, probably for Turtle, probably for Turtle. Good point. Good point. If we're honest. And I don't yeah. want to be responsible for that. Oh, this is, this is so good because you know Turtle, that, that's the whole point of the, the Entourage reboot is Turtle – Strikes it big, of course. Selling hip hop monkey pictures, <laughs> yes. and then he's way more rich than everyone else. I could write ten seasons on that. I've never written a TV show in my life. Damn, Shit. you might not. You shouldn't have given that away. That's that's a plus stuff. Dave, you and I, let's link up at seventy one later on this <laughs> afternoon, and we can we can just kind of outline it just mm-hmm. to get the yeah. broad strokes going. 
Yeah. And then, you know, we can we can talk to our teams collectively and see where we want to land this thing. <laughs> I mean, Hulu kind of is into it, but like, can we do better is kind of where we're at right now, Dev. Oh, God. J- Jason has a first look deal with Hulu, but luckily oh, you're involved. So hopefully we can kind of run up the ladder. <laughs> how long how long you been in Studio City for, Dev? I have been in this place for about 12 years. Okay. Damn, you're an OG. Dave holding down the block. You're OG. You know what? Uh, here's how long we've been here. We found this place on Craigslist. Oh, shit. And it's good that you live in Studio City uh, now that you're a podcaster because I feel like that's like a real epicenter of pod bros. Is that true? I, di- I didn't know that. Is that a real hotbed? Um, well, yeah, I mean, I, kind of everywhere is because nobody's been in a studio in you know two years. But True. Would you guys ever be in a studio? No. Okay. Well, I mean, look... It, <laughs> The way that we do it, it just doesn't. It wouldn't really work that well because yeah. we we do three a week, so it'd be pretty difficult to like. Yeah, the fact that all three of us are talking to each other all in the same city is pretty rare. Normally, there's mm-hmm. always someone. You know, I'm in New York or whatever. Right. I'm in London. I'm upstate. Whatever. Okay, we get so. it. We get it. Yeah. Sorry. Don't. <laughs> yeah, Jason, such a dick. I'm sorry, Dave. Uh, but I <laughs> no, think that- we're we're not the people who are upstate. By the way, it's our guests, so it's not a brag. Gotcha. Where um. Where in L.A. are you guys? Chris is in Beachwood. I'm in Glendale. Oh, perfect. Isn't it? Yeah. So we, we both, we make it to Studio City and Burbank pretty often. I, I, I've learned to love it. Yeah. Um, but I but now that I know it's the hotbed of, of podcast culture, I'll probably have to avoid it a little more just because I don't want to be spotted. <laughs> yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? At the, at the commissary coffee down there, I don't want to be approached by you know, fans and stuff, or is it just our peers, Jason, that live there? Yeah. It's mostly just our peers, but fellow podcasters. Okay. But, but I love the energy of it over there where that used to be, you know, whatever in the nineties, early two thousands, that was where if you had a job in the industry, whatever it might be, like I'm an animator at Disney or I'm a, you know, a crew guy, I'm a gaffer, whatever it is. Like you could buy a, a house in like a nice little neighborhood and, and have an existence and it was cool because everyone over there was sort of like a little artistic you know like diversity of you know sexuality it was like a good like industry gay crowd kind of neighborhood yeah set design you know sure. artistic kind of like fun like more lighthearted people right was like the energy i always loved about it and now it's kind of you know priced out of unfortunately it is yeah it's a lot of a lot of young families and stuff but yeah the, apparently like that strip on ventura boulevard used to be like used to be kind of the west hollywood of la and and there were a couple holdouts until, uh, you know, until there was like one final holdout. There was Oil Can Harry's, the gay two-stepping bar, uh, <laughs> which was... Because that was, that, was, that was where all the... It used to be where all the chill gay people live. Yeah. Who were like, I'm just going to be a normal gay person yeah. who does normal stuff and I don't need to, you know, do a West Hollywood turbo gay life. Yeah. You know, you know who would live, would live there uh, and, and, and even further out would be... The people who would show up to Oil Can Harry's on Saturday night, which is disco night, mm-hmm. uh, with with a tambourine. Whoa, they, they bring their own. <laughs> they would bring their own tambourine. And like while you're dancing, come up and shake it at you with a look on their face like, you're welcome. <laughs> Regardless of whether they were on rhythm. They would just – they would shake it in your face. They'll shake it in their face yeah. and they're like, all right, so when do you want to start sucking? Because obviously you're very <laughs> impressed by what I just did right now musically. Yeah, I was hoping there would be something else getting shaken in my face, but I guess I'll take a tambourine. The line forms to the left, fellas. In the valley, you get a tambourine. <laughs> okay, so what what was your kind of you know heyday 90s gay club life? Were you a clubber? Were you hitting the I club? Was not, I was not a clubber. No, was, mm-hmm. the, the clubs frightened me and still oh, okay. do. <laughs> um, especially in New York in the 90s. That was the height of like everybody having the exact same body. Oh. Which I did not and continue to not have <laughs> uh, with the you know with the abs and the shoulders. Yeah, that's the body I'm trying to get, Dave. Okay, Dave, what was that body? That body was um, describe it in detail <laughs> and uh, and go slow for me. We don't we make a meal of it. Let's go from the top down. Um, <laughs> uh, we'll start at the crown of the head. Uh, in, my, in my early New York days, full uh, George Clooney Caesar haircut. Right. Okay. Uh, the sh- the shinier the better. A sculpted brow, and then you know, and then you know, traps and delts and pecs and abs. <laughs> Hell yeah. And uh, and and all that shit. And then 
legs where you're like, I don't understand how these are holding the top part up because it's like there, there's no attention being paid downstairs. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And it's that. And you go to, you know, you would go to Twilo and the shirt would come off immediately. And mm-hmm. uh, I just never, tr- I never felt, uh, I never felt welcome in those spaces. I was more of an East Village guy. I lived in the East Village. So like the boiler room and mm-hmm. uh, the cock and Wonder Bar and places like that. Classics. Okay. Classics. Yeah. Places with a good jukebox. Just, I want to go get a Budweiser, put some Waylon Jennings on the jukebox. Well, all right. I mean, let's <laughs> have some peanuts. Yeah. No. Nah, well, I what mean, were you putting on the jukebox? Then? What would I have put on the jukebox in uh, in the mid 90s at the boiler room? Oh, I bet third third eye blind had the fellows going crazy. No, no. <laughs> see, no, this no, this is now this is East Village. If this this would have been. I'll tell you, this would have been a big like uh, girls against boys. Kind okay. of a moment, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Perhaps a Jonathan Fire Eater. If they're not the same, whoa, band that just changed oh, names. Hold chill, on, bro, hold chill. on, Dave. I, look, I'm. I thought I was straight, but you just told me there's a gay bar where I can listen to Jonathan Fire Eater, and my life yes. just changed. Well, in 1996, that existed. Oh, I see, I see. Because yeah. you got to understand, it was a different time. It was a different time. Early in the night, you would get, you know, you could get a, a Stereo Lab song in there. But Ooh. then, of course, then all the Slum and Chelsea boys would come over, and then it would just be, it would be like 99 good CDs and the Immaculate Collection. Wait. And at the beginning of the night, it would be like the good, you know, like the, not that the Immaculate Collection isn't great, because it is. It is great. But it would be, you know, music that you wanted to hear, and then it would be the most obvious gay music. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, here's what a what a gay man of a certain age is supposed to listen to. But yeah, that was my that was that was my world. I don't know that that there is one out here except for like there's Akbar and the Eagle and and all those kinds of joints. Mm-hmm. The 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 infinite options of of the internet jukebox are just too much. There, it's it's too much for the for the average person, frankly. It's too it's too much in every facet of our lives, though. It's not even just it it's, it's not even it's not even just music. It's too much. I mean, that's what happens with with streaming television, which I'm sure you're suffering from. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's uh, entirely too much. We have uh, it, to the point where we just kind of end up watching old stuff on YouTube. Like most of the time, it's like there's we got a stack of screeners and we got you know a million shows that people have recommended on a million streaming services. But then it's like, well, there's the you know the 1984 Christmas episode of Top of the Pops is on YouTube. Let's watch that for the tenth time. Wow, this is real Chris shit right here. I gotta say. Oh yeah, yeah, because Dave knows what the fuck is up. Yeah. Streaming shit sucks. I'd rather watch. I would rather watch the Black Crows on Letterman. You know, in their in their in their, hey, in their heyday. Thank you, birds of a feather. You two, absolutely. You wanna you wanna spend a, a good night at home. <laughs> uh, there are compilations of every uh, Sandra Bernhard appearance on David Letterman. Oh yeah, that yeah, is yeah. that's like the best. That is some of the best chemistry you'll ever see on television. I agree. Uh, it's it's weird. It's funny, and and it happened when there were you know three and then four channels and like you know that was I, I it's it's incredible that that was we didn't know what we had at the time we didn't know like the end of don't look up we really had everything didn't we? you know we did you you, you know we didn't watch that shit dave come on now uh we did <laughs> We do you, Dave, do you think that movie was actually a documentary? <laughs> it really made you think. I actually I didn't hate I didn't hate it as much as everyone seems to have hated it, mm-hmm. but it was I it didn't uh, like I don't know that I would tell anyone to go and see it. People really hate pe- people really hate people it in a way that's like really definitely hate it. Definitely feels misplaced, but like also sure, you know what I mean? Like yeah. if if somebody says it's awful, somebody's going to have to defend it until they die, you know, in the in the, in the same well, way. Well, follow-up question about your your viewing habits. So when yes. you when you said sometimes we will put on you know, some old mm-hmm. top of the pops from 84 or whatever Letterman is that does that mean you and your partner are enjoying this together? It it does. Yeah, I, I feel like that alone is enough to turn Chris gay because I know that he <laughs> is not able to enjoy this with his life partner. No one, no, no one is able to enjoy what I enjoy. I feel like a, an island. Dave and his partner are living the life that you want, Chris. But you know what, Chris? It is your um, 
Your people await you. And, and they're not all gay. It's about <laughs> they're not all gay. Half. They're not all gay. <laughs> it's about half and half. But that, that has actually, that's been our, um, uh, that's been a kind of our social outlet during lockdown has been, um, you know, we're in LA. We have access to the outdoors at all times. This last couple of weeks of rain notwithstanding. Mm-hmm. Um, Ben set up like a, pro- a projection area in the backyard. So we got like a screen and projection area. Oh shit. We'll, we'll have people over on a Friday night. Uh, I'll make a collaborative YouTube playlist, send everyone the, the link. Everyone chooses a couple things. We sort of go where the night takes us. It's music. It's comedy. It's, it's whatever. Wow. It's whatever the night tells us it needs to be. Dave, I only have one follow-up question. When's the invite coming in? This is the coolest thing I've heard about. This is the coolest thing I've heard about. It's ongoing. Is smoking ongoing. allowed? It is outdoors. It is outdoors. Uh, you know, it's frowned upon, but it's uh, it's allowed. Oh, come on. <laughs> um, yeah. It's, what about uh, marijuana? Marijuana use? Yeah, certainly, yeah. Absolutely. I think the, 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 for some reason, the specific, the specificity of YouTube and what you can find there is, is truly incomparable. So I, I, yeah, you know, I think that I agree with you because I think people use it. I don't know. I only use it for music videos, like, like you're talking about mostly, and then chiropractor videos, my other vice. <laughs> oh, okay. Explain. Nothing to explain. There's just, you know, chiropractors with hundreds of thousands of followers and you watch them adjust people. Basically, to, to put it in layman's terms, Chris has his passion and he has his kink. Okay. <laughs> his, his passion is watching old Britpop videos from 1997 mm-hmm. and his kink <laughs> is watching people get their backs adjusted, not unlike a pimple popper type of thing. Oh, God. He's not, okay. he's not actively masturbating while watching it, but, you know, you kind of <laughs> feel like something's going on down there. He will eventually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe if it if it takes a wrong turn, but I think that the I, I just my passion. I, I think that this funny career I've fallen into. If I could do anything, it would be I would be a healer, a chiropractor slash body work, uh-huh. you know, guy. Because I I just feel like I really love to help people, you know. And <laughs> and if I can help people laugh, that's great. But if I could help them be a better athlete, that would be even better. Damn, about to cry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's not it's not like chiropractic how-to videos it's just it's it's literally like some freaky woman who wears ugly tights in florida adjusting people and they like travel there to see her because she's the 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 goat she's the lebron james of moving someone's neck a little bit does she set it up does she set the stage or we just right into the action oh yeah it's no it's a whole it's a whole thing this woman's making a lot of money like not not from from her from her youtube career like it's a whole thing it's a whole she's a content creator so like Uh like for instance on youtube if i'm going down the wormhole i I will also like watching those videos you know old stand-up stuff old talk show appearances interviews you know when norm mcdonald passed i you know i spent just days watching that of course and like most people but when I'm not doing that, I like to watch like cooking videos. It's a passion of mine. Mm-hmm. Chris, chiropractor. So, what is your what's your second second story on YouTube outside of the music world? Wow, that's a good question. The nanny. What is, is it's the nanny, not, it's not it? the nanny. No. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I I do enjoy like an old um, forgotten sitcom uh, credit sequence. The, mm-hmm. This guy really is in the industry, Jason. You hear this shit? Yeah, I hear this shit loud and clear. But they used to, you know, there used to be a song with all of the information in it. <laughs> and that's fascinating. Um, I also uh, I'm a really big fan of uh, of local commercials, like low budget local commercials, mattress store, used car mattress dealerships, stuff like that. Yeah, Dave, did you you ho- did you host 120 minutes? I did, I did. For how long? Just for a few months, um, like maybe four to six months. It was right after Matt Pinfield. You were the cute. You were the cuter version of Pinfield. He <laughs> he was encyclopedic as well, but you know. No, he no. That man is a true encyclopedia. Mm-hmm. Like I will, I remember things that like my peers don't. Like I'll know who you know a song comes on and they're like Dave who sang it and I'm like pseudo echo or mm-hmm. whatever. He will know when it was recorded and where and who else was in the studio and yeah, the all whole that kind of, thing. like he knows he knows everything. the real unnecessary he'll shit. tell you if it rained that day yeah exactly exactly but i think there's there's such a thing as having too much of that encyclopedic knowledge where you know it could be detrimental to maybe your social life or to maybe connecting with other human beings for sure. <laughs> yes yeah yeah uh, that's right Dave. That's no right. doubt that's about right, that Dave. 
There's no doubt about that. Um, but you know, but it's great if, like Matt Pinfield, you find your place in the world. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's what makes me. That is what makes me so happy. Is when like people who are deeply in love with something get to connect with it and make a living off it. Because it don't always happen so often. No, it don't. Yeah. So I was I was there for maybe like four ish months. But here's the thing. Like at the time, I was also hosting like say what karaoke, and I would be on like out in Times Square for Total Request Live. And there were like I think they got like seven letters from people who were like he's a pop guy, <laughs> like and were mad that I had horned in on uh, on the alternative space in in that in that time like when 120 minutes was like I'd seriously be interviewing like Sean Mullins and Stained, <laughs> you know what I mean and like uh, people like that because nobody quite there was a moment when it was like we don't quite know what alternative means yeah what that actually is so oh so so you're saying there was a point where 120 minutes went from being the very super cool indie show where you'd see what you know apex twin video and bjork and what you know all this cool shit sure and then it turned to stained because we just didn't know or like we're not going to show the pixies anymore because the pixies new shit's a little you know whatever it might be yeah yeah it just it seemed like yeah there was just no good definition for what alternative was did you go to woodstock did you go to woodstock 99 did i <laughs> oh, shit. did you broadcast live from woodstock 99 sure did chris we were uh that was okay that was 99 obviously that was uh the summer that the beach house was uh, <laughs> in the bahamas we took over an island or we didn't take over an island but we were like living on paradise island in the bahamas mm-hmm. the 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 narrative for the viewer was that um, we went on a boat ride there for Memorial Day weekend, <laughs> and then Fred Durst blew the boat up with dynamite. Jesus Christ. <laughs> like Bugs Bunny would do. <laughs> and uh, and then we were stuck there for the whole summer. Oh, so that's a, that, by the way, is a thing you can find on YouTube. You can find uh, Fred Durst doing a performance of Nookie and blowing up our boat. I remember, I remember uh, seeing Memorial that. Day weekend. I, the only thing I remember from the Beach House is the, the radio head, which I think was earlier in the 90s when they played it was, yeah. Creep and he looked, Tom York looked literally translucent. You know, and <laughs> yes, and the yes, it's such a classic that they cut when they cut. You know, they cut to like the the brolic spring breakers like partying in between. You know, yeah. during the yeah. set, it's such a it's such a yeah. classic, <laughs> such a classic. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. You don't know what to do as a shirtless dancer at that stage. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we were um, we were in the Bahamas for that whole summer and literally like living in a in a club med <laughs> and you know taking naps on hammocks on beaches. Damn. Literally, there th- we had like Sea Dew gave us a bunch of jet skis. So we would jet ski to the pier where the where the you know studio makeshift studio was. So I'm jet skiing to work. I'm like it's <laughs> I'm living with like 35 of my peers and coworkers, um, eating and drinking for free in the fucking Bahamas for the summer. And then they were like, uh, at end of July or early August or whenever it was, they were like, could you? We're it's we're covering Woodstock '99. They you know put us on a plane and drop us in upstate New York where it's 200 degrees <laughs> and 80 percent humidity. And and the 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 whole festival is on like a concrete Air Force base, so you're like on a like a bacon skillet <laughs> for three days of just the angriest like hallucinogen music that you can imagine. It was it was very bad. Not as many Cabana boys fanning you and replacing your mai tais. Much fewer. Much fewer. I've much never fewer. been to a music festival. And um, no, really? No, I mean, I've never really been. No, I've never been to Coachella, thank God. And I've never been to. Okay. I, I mean, I would only go to Glastonbury, maybe, or something of that caliber. But I would have to have the chopper take me in and out. <laughs> the first like morning, it, it was maybe like Friday morning. There had been some music on Thursday night. Friday morning, uh, a bunch of people had camped out. Like it was, you, you could buy camping tickets for the weekend as well, so you could oh. also sleep in this terrible venue. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and they sent me out with uh, a camera crew just to be like, you know, wake some people up and you know make some stuff happen. And uh, and so I tried to do that, but they Kellogg's had gone around with a cart. They were giving away little like camp uh, boxes of like their cereals. And, um, and so like everybody had those, but I guess nobody was hungry or nobody thought to 
fucking bring bring milk because why would you? Mm-hmm. Um, so they just threw them at me, and, and I <laughs> I like I still have like I'm still like low level triggered by the sight of the little tiny boxes of cereal because those have very sharp corners yeah. when they are when they are thrown at you. Uh, by a you know college baseball player with a good arm, um, it, it was just it was really bad. We really did not feel it. It, it just it wasn't it wasn't our it, it wasn't it wasn't a good time. So you so you would unzip someone's tent, and if you didn't see a dead body in there, then you'd move yeah. on to the next one. Exactly, exactly. And then they'd be People like, weren't. "Get out of here, TRL, fucking pussy!" And then. Frosted flakes. The corner of the box hits you right in the temple, and you're like, right in the temple. I wish, I wish I was back with Fred Durst. Oh God, it was, uh, it, it was one that I, I left. Like I, I, after my stuff was done, I was like, no, I actually don't want a good, you know, a good safe spot to watch, you know, Metallica and then Rage Against the Machine and whatever else <laughs> it was. It was like I, I, what I actually want to do is sit in a hotel room quietly that's uh, that's, uh, that's all we ever want to do you know that's that's really all we ever want to do i i well, let, well we should talk about podcasting by the way now that you are a podcaster just like us yeah what can we talk about what can we talk about your current podcast is called waiting for impact yes and that uh it's a podcast about you know your journey finding a uh an r&b group uh, uh yeah a boy band called sudden impact yeah who had uh, a three-second cameo in the Boys to Men uh, Motown Philly video mm-hmm. because they were one of the first signings to Michael Bivens of Belle Bivens DeVoe. Um, he, had a, he had a label under Motown. He signed them, uh, gave them this little like feature in a video, silent feature in a video, and then uh, that was all that ever happened. And in, in my mind, I was like, something happened. Um, and, and it was just never, you know... At, Starting, I started an MTV at like ninety eight. They would not have been interested at the time sure. in pursuing that story. Um, <laughs> uh, but it was just sort of always in the back of my mind. And then I thought, like, this is actually this is a good investigative podcast idea. So, uh, so I took it on. It's a ten episode podcast. Other than them being white, what drew you to them? <laughs> <laughs> only what, that. what made what made them only only <laughs> yeah. yeah? What is the and what what, um, what was the name of the group that they? had to change their name to after it was sudden impact well uh they their name was later changed uh to white guys w-h-y-t no 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 (laughs) it was yeah yeah uh but yeah but other than their their uh racial purity uh it it just like it just seemed like to me it, it touched on everything that i that is interesting about like this business to me anyway like the the idea of like you know, being a young kid with big dreams and like, and they start to happen and you, you know, you think you've, you think you've got it made. And because of some, you know, capricious decision in a boardroom or, or because of, you know, some disagreement between you and somebody else, it like doesn't happen. And then you've got the whole rest of your life to live. Mm-hmm. Um, I just figured, you know, they, they might have some good insight on that kind of thing. And they for sure do. And, and it's, and I got to talk to other people from the nineties who I was, uh, interested in, but whose moment was like just before the internet, so they don't have like yeah. You can't just like you know go to their Instagram and you know and find them or or whatever. Learn every detail about them in one second. Yeah, I mean, I, I think exactly just like every other narrative podcast or whatever nowadays, it's like it sticks around one theme that we're progressing to over the course of the season. But yeah, you know, there's a lot of the 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 podcasters personal anecdotes and, yeah. and stories and things like that. Yeah. Is that how much of that, you know, and that's the thing that happens a lot. And I, I, I really think as a podcast maker and listener, it really is such a fine line of like how much of your own stuff to interject into this story. Yeah. Because it's like a, you can really go too far in either direction really easily. Is that something mm-hmm. that you were conscious about? Uh, I always err on the side of too much. Too much you or too much of the story? Too much me. Only because you can always, you know, dial it back. Okay. Uh, if it's like, if it's like too, too much. But, um, yeah, there was, you know, elements of, of that story that I related to. Like, I've certainly had, you know, moments where I was like, I am about to fucking level up. And then it just <laughs> doesn't happen. Or, you know, you get like, you get ghosted or, or whatever. 
Um, and that's like, ultimately, that's fine. Like, you know, we're all still, mm-hmm. you know, if you can still, co- if you can continue to do what you love to do and keep your nose above water, you have, you've accomplished really what you set out to do in the first place, which was just to, to do that, to like be near where the things you love are getting made and, and be a part of it somehow. And thank God there's podcasting so that we can all have a second chance. So that literally. What would we do with, what would we do without it? Uh, become DJs. <laughs> <laughs> so did you have this story and you wrote the whole thing out and you went and sold it was that the vibe almost like a tv show or how did it go down no all of that is right except the selling part <laughs> <laughs> I, I had i had i really only had the concept and and this is right when karen kilgariff and georgia hardstark were starting there mm-hmm. like uh they they got their own like indie label and uh and i was like i kind of have this idea and they and they bought it and then i was like well fuck i hope there's 10 episodes worth of story uh, in this story because now I am under contract to tell that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there is, which I'm happy about. But there's, but because I wasn't sure, I kind of had to dig uh, a little deeper into the 90s. And, and I'm glad that I did because I found found some people. 90s is hot right now. 90s is very hot right now. Turns out the timing is just right. Yeah, timing we're is We're looking back 20 years and realizing what monsters we were. <laughs> And it's also cool because it's a thing where, you know, it was happening in that 90s where if you don't, unless you have like personal connections, you know, phone numbers for people who are, were a part of this, you got a brick wall. There's nothing you can do. Whereas nowadays right. everything is Googleable and you can do your internet research and someone on Reddit yeah. can start a board. And like I saw this guy's arm in this photo from 1997 and blah. Yes. And, you know, teams of thousands of people can put the whole puzzle together. But for you, Back then, it, it really is like a true, pure investigation. Yeah. Yeah. Back then, I, I mean, I was curious, but it was like, I was like, I w- I'd like to know what happened. Well, you can't. And that was that. And like, and you didn't, uh, and it wasn't like, well, no, but I have to. Like, it was just kind of, that was, that was sort of that. There was um, almost like a, 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 like, until fairly recently, like a, a shame um, attached to like, caring too much about pop culture or going too totally. deep as a fan in, in pop culture. Now, like literally everything, yeah, everything has gone is a, too is far the other separate. way now, you know, but I think yeah. that you're right. I mean, we talk about that a lot on this podcast is like, it's just, there's no shame in liking something too much anymore. Right. So, you know, people are off to the races. There's, there's in fact, I feel shame. Um, like I'm, I'm, I mean, there's a lot of reasons. I guess I won't watch, you know, the the book of Boba Fett or whatever. But w- one of them <laughs> is that, like, I already feel like even watching a commercial for it, I feel like I'm not appreciating it on a deep enough level because it is so chock full of Easter eggs to the various Star Wars properties. And it's like, and mm. I saw fucking Star Wars in the movie theater when I was six, and I liked it, and that was, and I kind of left it there had a few yeah, action yeah. figures and that yeah. was kind of that and and I just like I feel like I you know if I watch fucking WandaVision or something I I'll be like I'll enjoy what's on the surface but I'll also know that there are 11 things in every frame that I'm not getting and that uh gets on my nerves I guess I don't know because <laughs> yeah, no. the fucking nerds are using that to to wipe it in our faces yeah. to be like oh, you don't you didn't understand this this Easter egg reference in Boba Fett season three episode twelve the nerds the nerds are too empowered it's it's a it's a new dawn for the nerds and they're running with it the the nerds have have unionized and we're trying to bust them up with just some classic bullying yeah everybody becomes a bully at some point when you cater to them. Everyone becomes a bully eventually. I'm ready, and that's not and that's not a healthy ecosystem. It's not. I don't. Care there needs to it. be masters and slaves. Bad example, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I'm not going to run with that example at all. Copy that. I'm not I, going I, to yes and that one. I heard it when it came out of my mouth. <laughs> I, I think that the yeah. I mean, I think that the nerd. It's only going to get bigger because that's the only shit that makes money. Yeah. So we don't we don't have much of a choice. Yeah. I think this is what we're stuck with as far as like content goes. Yeah. Yeah, it's a shame. Yeah, because the cool cool people are just too busy smoking cigs and having intercourse. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's what the hope that's what the hope is. You know? We woke you know? up one day and the fucking nerds were in control. Well, there the, w- one part about our podcast is it, it's kind of interesting where there's like the like a TV show, a, a TV series that could run indefinitely forever, 
or there's a, a film that's a, a finite, you know, two hours long and it's done. And, and there's kind of the two separate worlds in podcasting. Like our show is just going to run forever. There's no seasons. There's no end to it. As long as the earth is spinning, we'll be doing this podcast. But you got to know what it feels like to create a podcast with the beginning, middle, and end. Yeah. Is that something that you enjoyed? Were you, are you envious of the other side of the, of the, of the way to do it? Um, it's, I felt pressure having to like bring it in for a landing. For sure. Mm-hmm, because, I mean, because mm-hmm. there really is, like, there, there is an end to the story and there's an end to, you know, what I, what I learn and what I have taken away from the story. Um, so, I, yeah, I just didn't want to... You wanted to stick the landing. I wanted to stick the landing. So I definitely felt a great deal of pressure on that. But it was a, a very good exercise in uh, just fucking doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, I am uh, very big on... Uh, if the idea isn't exactly perfect in my head, I won't even start it. Uh, and mm-hmm. and having to like having signed a contract, I uh, committed myself to starting and finishing it. And so you get to a point where it's like you can't you can't think about it anymore, um, and you just have to like write it the way that you feel like it should be, and let that be that. And ultimately, I'm I'm really proud of it. But it, it was you know thank God somebody made me end it. Otherwise, I would try to. <laughs> keep doing it forever. <laughs> the 200 episode arc uh yeah yeah but i mean i think that the that idea obviously it, there's specifics involved but that idea i mean there's other ways you know there's other people you could probably explore it with you know what i mean right right yeah i've got i've got a, an idea for a for a season two so we'll yeah, see season two okay we got an idea we'll talk offline don't worry okay all right there's you know and uh, not to spoil anything, but the the sudden impact guys are speaking again for the first time in twenty years. They are possibly there. They they might be recording music. Wow. We might, we might actually get music thirty years after the fact. Is that your is that your doing? Well, I, it was it's not. Not it was because I kind of started sniffing. Yeah, I mean, it was. Yeah, it was because I, you know I, I was interested in their story, and they started to, like they started to reach out. Like, are you? getting weird emails from this guy also like is he <laughs> is he legit and then and then the thing came out and it, and it you know because we're on a, a good network it did it did pretty well and uh and so like that was uh, exciting for them and they're all you know they're all doing their own thing now but uh but they they still love to perform and write music and all that it, and so, it must f- it must feel good to breathe some life into the career and be like see look guys there's there's you know you guys have a bunch of fans now there's a bunch of people who care about well, I mean, you i you know i i hope that that's true that's amazing. i hope that that's true and i yeah i hope i hope it works out i hope they continue to get along i mean i haven't heard their their music could be terrible so we don't you know, know. we 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 don't know Jason, we don't know. I mean, I'll be 100% honest with you. We don't know. I don't think it will be. I don't think it is. Uh, the the one who's still actively writing songs is writing them in, like in the in the country space now. And and he sent me a bunch of demos and they're actually really good. Oh, yeah. So you're basically you're basically producing this thing. I'd love to see it. I'm essentially executive producer. I love to uh, see it. This yeah, project. You've moved yeah. It. But I think you are the perfect guy for this because if they you know, if they you send these these emails, but if they look you up, they they're like, Oh yeah, okay. Like I recognize this. This guy's in this world. It's not like a unknown podcaster emailing asking for time you know what i mean i'd be like i remember this fucking nerd from mtv 20 years ago <laughs> yes, good good but yeah i and and i don't i don't i think i have a reputation that they know that uh, that i'm not gonna like there's not gonna be 10 episodes like making fun of them yeah yeah no you no know? it's, it's, like it's investigative there is some humor to be found but it's like it's more you know mm-hmm. actual curiosity you have, you have you have pure intentions I believe so. What's that feel like? <laughs> <laughs> Could not relate. Well, and, and also I got to say, now that we're workshopping it and spitballing it, you know, it sounds like a great story to option for a film, you know? It may be. Oh, oh this maybe. guy. We'll see. This guy. We'll see what happens. Yeah, this guy's got revenue streams coming in from everywhere. He can't keep up. <laughs> uh, you've, uh, Chris, you've got to. I, in this day and age, you've got to. I agree. Trust me. We we know on this podcast. We absolutely know. How am I going to buy uh, naming rights to a digital image that is hideous? Exactly. Uh, without <laughs> numerous streams. And, and that's what it is, right? Like you just sort of 
you're, you're like, this is my thing, but you can't like print it out or put it anywhere. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Okay. You yeah, can okay. if you want. It's a free country. Yeah, you could. Okay. But that's, I don't know if that's frowned upon necessarily, but that's not the intention. Let me put it that way. I could print out the Mona Lisa, put that shit above my toilet, but you know. I'm sorry that I am <laughs> asking such basic questions, but it, does it differ in any way from naming the new lion at the zoo? <laughs> because you like donated five hundred dollars to this. Not zoo. really. Um, there's only one lion. Sometimes there's multiples of these, so it's less special. Well, sometimes you know, sometimes there's only one, and those are worth more. And sometimes there's a series of them. Okay. But the problem is when you donate a lion to a zoo, that's property of the zoo. Right. You can go visit if the know. if the price right. of lions goes up, and you want to flip it because you <laughs> that you know, have a little bit of a coke problem or something like that. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's not gonna. The, the, you know, the San Diego Zoo is gonna be like, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. this this okay. lion belongs to us, sir. Yeah, but I mean, I think this is something. If all right, so if you sell season, good question. Though. If you sell season two, come back and and we'll kind of walk you through which board ape yacht club to buy. Oh, that'd be great. That is exactly what I'm looking for. That's a free service that we offer here. It's mostly Jason, but I'll be there for kind of like color commentary and stuff, just to kind of move the conversation along. Last, last, last comment. Sorry. Yes. And, and and this is something, obviously, I've grown up watching you on TV for a long time. Uh, you know, I was, you know, you're not too much older than mm-hmm. me, but still. But Yes, I am. And I never noticed it until I listened to your podcast that your voice is eerily similar to Paul Rudd's. And I don't. Is that true? I never noticed that. Yeah. Have you ever heard that before? I have never heard that before. No. Just say some words. Oh, <laughs> just, God. Just, just say, say like two random sentences. They could be complimentary towards us, but. <laughs> You know, don't think about it. Don't try to not sound like Paul Rudd. Just do a regular old D home. Oh, now I'm in my head now. God, see that was it. classic Rudd classic right there. Rudd oh stuff. fuck! All right, shit. Oh, see? is that it? Okay. Yeah, you did it. All right, I'll take it. I'll take see? it. Oh, you're rudding now. I love yeah, it. There's no, there's no downside to that. There's really no downside to that. Uh, I'll take it. All right, Dave. No, thank you, thank you for joining us. You guys go check out Dave's Dave's work. Follow him on the World Wide Web, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Guys, come to the backyard. We will. Oh, thank you, Dave. Thank you. I'm on.